0: others, and maybe you won't. Hopefully, we do it with somebody else. When we do with others, it's such a simple thing, but it's really a profound thing. In a way, I don't think most of us realize in those moments between bites what sharing the meal does to us and for us. Nowhere is just more true than what we find in the text we're going to cover today. So if you have a Bible, and want you asked to turn to Mark 14. If you have an app, you can open up of your app, or you can watch it above my head or down here on the screen if you're online. As we get into Mark fourteen, uh, chapter 14, Verse twelve. We're going to do verses twelve through seventeen. First, a couple things down, and then jump into it. So let's look into this moment in Jesus' life together today, where it says, "On the first day of unleavened bread, when I sacrificed the passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the passover?' And he sent to of his disciples and said to them, 'Go into the city.'" And a man carrying a jar of water will meet and follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where's my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for it. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with. of the sights and towns and feelings and all the things that are going on here in this moment. So let me give you a little bit of backstory story and let me kind of fill in the gaps here to kind of get you in the mood for that this morning. Passover here is a ritual. It was a practice. It was a feast that would happen yearly. It was a commemoration of the people of Israel being rescued from Egypt thousands of years prior to when Jesus, and the disciples were celebrating it here. It's almost like a, a birthday for the people of Israel, for the whole nation. It was a time of feasting and joy, It was just a incredible, joyous occasion. People come in the city shouting, uh, and, and it would coincide cool with the lunar cycle. So it's usually between the middle of March to the middle of April by archeology which is different from what they would have used. It was just a beautiful time of year, not just because of the celebration and the feasting and all those things, but for the countryside. Because that time of year, fresh green plants start to cover the field. You have just innumerable flowers, brightly tinted and sweetly perfumed, speckling on the ground. You had the fields of barley. Beginning to ripen out, almost ready to harvest. And then to set all off at night, the full moon would come out and just light up the whole landscape, pushing back the darkness and having this pale glow over everything. It's a beautiful scene.
1: you're a chance to go,
0: as a matter of fact, it's still a hill, obviously, feel free. I'd love for you to go to travel to experience this for yourself. This is an awesome time. Uh, early in the month, uh, what would happen is people from all over make pilgrimages. Pil- pil- uh, so, you know, to come to pour into the city of Jerusalem. Uh, many would come when Jesus arrived early in the week, but more would come all the way to the very last day. Come so out about a week long festival, so it's pouring day after day. They come in in various groups, like family groups, neighborhood groups, they would be in bands of 10, 20, just all filtering into the city and it would become so full that thousands would have to encamp in tents in the streets. Right? Imagine that. Imagine going to a city that's already large. There's so many people in there that have to bring tents they camping out with to start lining the streets with, and they would just camping these tents on the street during the festival and the streets for a week. It's an incredible thing. The apex for whole celebration is the Passover meal that Jesus is getting ready to take here. That was instituted when the Hebrews were plagued in Egypt. And if you remember back to the story, maybe you don't, which is okay, God had plagued the Egyptians nine times in an attempt to convince them to let the Israelites go, let the Hebrews go. And the tenth and the last plague was going to be the most devastating. It was the one where the death angel would come and kill the firstborn son of those in the land. And God told His people, He said, In order to avoid, avoid the fate of the Egyptians, you have to sprinkle the blood of an unblemished lamb on the archway of your door. And God promised that the angel of death would pass over those houses which were marked or covered with blood. So, the people listened. They obey. They ate the meal from the lamb that they had claimed they were able to cover their door. They were commanded to keep the Passover feast. This yearly memorial of what God had done to release from slavery. You can imagine, as a people, commemorating the birth of their nation, commemorating what God had did for them hundreds of years before, how excited they would have been to come into the city and celebrate the moment where they were freed so many years ago, right?
1: Now, this original Passover meal would
0: consist and it was funny because if you Chandra asked me, What are they going to eat? Mm-hmm. Normally, what happened is the Passover feast would consist of a roasted lamb. It would consist of flat, unleavened bread, They're not puffy, nice bowls, Hawaiian style all of them like a very thin, uh, unleavened bread, and then a dish of bitter oats. The lamb reminded them of the blood that was to be applied to the doorpost that needed to spare them from death. The bread. Reminded them of the haste in which they were leaving Egypt because it was that night, the very night where they had to get up and get ready to leave as they were sent out from Egypt. And then the bitter herbs spoke of their suffering as Pharaoh's slaves. All things, all the elements in their in their bring back to what God had done to them in that night. Sometimes in the centuries that had it followed, it wasn't it, it didn't start this way, but it was added to the ceremony later with was drinking the four cups of wine that was diluted with water throughout the meal. And this is a long Right, this wasn't a, a common American style, go ahead and get it, hurry up, where's the waiter, give me my food, let me consume it, let me go out and do my business. This is a, a, at least a two-hour long process So you're slowly working through all the elements and saying blessings and prayers and, and readings and doing all these things and singing songs amongst them and really diving in to not just what you're consuming, but why you're consuming. So Jesus and the disciples being a double G, took part to feast regularly, but this one was going to be different. Jesus has spent the week debating with his religious leaders. He has been challenging them, and as we've been reading about the past few weeks, we could see the response and things were going. And so each day, the tension between them and he was growing more and more and more, and so they were ready to act on their plan of killing him before he could cause any more trouble that week. And Jesus knew this. He knew that each time they entered the city, because they were coming and going frequently that week, but each time they come in... They are risking their lives. But he also knew how important it was to have this meal. And the law demanded that it be done in the city. You couldn't do it outside. You couldn't do it in a town. It had to be done in Jerusalem. So he risked it. He said, I'm going to arrange. I, I got this set up. I got it all worked out. I'm going to meet this guy. He's going to tell you where to go. It's going to be this plain style little thing. We're going to come in later after it's all ready so that we're not risking being captured or caught or killed too soon. So they did. They found the man, they set the meal, and that night Jesus came to the rest of the group and took their places around the table. Now, many of you probably remember the very famous painting, right, where Jesus from the Last Supper, he's sitting in the middle, and there's this big, long table, and they're all kind of sitting around it. That's very beautifully done, and very interesting, right?
1: <laughs> well, what would normally happen is they would recline. Well, more it would be a, a very low table.
0: Talking about Eastern style uh, and Eastern and the world style eating, so you're talking about uh, Asian Asian people, uh, whether it be uh, Japanese, Chinese, all these countries sit at low, front tables, and so they would have been at a low seating table, and they would have been reclining around it on cushions, not chairs, and they would have been literally reclining, not just kind of leaning over, but literally like laying down and like resting on their arms, because the intent, again, this meal was very meaningful, had a lot of depth behind it. The intent was. To show them that they were free from Egypt, so they could just show oh, up chill out and drink the meal. All right? So they're reclining on cushions next to this low, table, and Jesus would have taken the position of host, leading the group through the meal, teaching about each element and its, its significance. And you see, what makes this even more important, other than the fact that it was a really meaningful meal, was filled with all this stuff behind it. Was that in the ancient world, meals weren't just a time to just eat, laugh, and kind of clean up eat together was really to establish a relationship between you and those who are around the table. So in this meal, the disciples aren't just breaking bread with Jesus, but what they're doing is they're eating the food and drinking the wine and and going through this process is identifying, with, taking on Jesus' life and His mission. You see, living with Jesus means inviting Him into every part of your life. Including the things we think of That's kind of mundane, this is ordinary. This is just uh, something I do, whether it be eating or breakfast or lunch or dinner or a snack along the way. But what he's asking us to do is invite him in to every single space that we can exist in, that we exist in, to be able to come in to our work, to the even tables of our lives. Sharing in his life and mission means sharing each meal. With him. So the disciples were very aware of what's going on here being part of their culture. They knew what was happening. They were committed. They were all in with Him. They were gladly sharing the, the table and the elements and all that it represented, which is why and what makes what Jesus said next so shocking. Let's look at verses 18 21. And as they were reclining at the table in eating, Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, one of you is a traitor. One of evil begin to be sorrowful and say to him, one after another, Is it I? And he said to them, It's one of the twelve, and one who is dipping bread into the dish. For the Son of Man goes; it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed! It would have been better for him. It would have been better for that man if he had not have been born. To betrayed, one you broke bread with, was considered especially. It's bad to betray anybody, obviously. they wants treachery. But to break bread with someone, just to say, I'm in it all the way. And then to go around and, and turn your back on that person was just a total disrespect and dishonor. Not always them, but of yourself. And so when Jesus said, someone here is going to betray me the other night, we're thinking, we just broke bread with you. Why would we betray you? We're all in on this moment, right? And on top of that, they, these have been the people that have been with him since the beginning. Basically followed Him for nearly three years at this point. they have seen and heard things that were unexplainable, right? They faced hardship together. They left their families to be with Him and with each other. It would have been nearly unbelievable to them, but one of them would do such a thing. Verse 19 conveys that emotion they're going through they because they were sorrowful. They were almost like gut How would you be They didn't think they could even be guilty. But they had to ask to be sure. The translation, uh, it is I, is maybe a little off. It, it's more of, uh, surely it's not me. So it's not a moment of doubt. It's a moment of incredulity. It's like, no, it can't be me. <laughs> but let me ask, just to be sure, right? And maybe you know something I don't do. And so they asked each one, surely it's not me, right? Each person asked, even the traitor, That so Jesus isn't from that I am yet. Instead, he says, it is one of you. One of you who's even dipped the bread with me tonight. Now, I want to clarify here. During the meal, every person at the table would have been dipping bread. All right? But the, the whole concept, and part of the process again of this is a meaningful meal, is it required you to dip the bread into the fruit-taste dish. So Jesus wasn't really narrowing things down much here. And he leaves it very open-ended. He so says, this is one of you. It's one of you who's are eating. It's one of you who dipped the bread. In other words, it could be any of you. Wasn't going to give them any or confront any one of them, even as they ask, and one ask another, is it me? Is it me? So not me? And so now each one of them has gone from thinking to a, I know it's not me, but I need a check, to could it be? Maybe it is, and I just don't realize it yet. Maybe something's going on, maybe Jesus can't talk about that, obviously. And they begin turning to each other and saying, Is it him? Is it John? Is it Peter? Is it Andrew? Is it I can't notice? Right? We've been with them forever. Now we know what these guys are made of. You know the integrity these guys. Well, we know how committed they are. They just didn't know, but now they're questioning themselves and each other, right? The true would turn out to be Judas, but none of them even suspected him. No more than they suspected anybody else. They were busy, though, wrestling with this possibility. Not only could it be those out there, but could they be the best? Could they be the best? passage, the question comes to each of us. Could I And the answer we should be drawn to is yes. You see, Judas wasn't exceptionally evil. He was convinced his way was right, his way was just, his way was righteous, But betraying Jesus was actually going to serve a greater good. It was the right thing to do in his mind. Sure, it might be a little painful when you get through it with these people. But I mean, at this point, maybe he already convinced himself that Jesus is his the rest of you are fools. And I'm sure there's some part of him still wrestling with his doubt and security. Like, oh, is this the right thing? But yes, the right thing. And going back and forth in his mind. But ultimately, he's justified or believes he's justified in his mind. He's saying, this is the right thing to do. He's going to go through with it. Because I think we're not too far off from Jesus. Think we're all justified in our actions at one point or another. If that means we have to compromise our faith and relationship with Jesus, then that's the price we're willing to pay for our good or for even maybe a greater good. You start to think about your life and think about the things that seem really important, and a lot of times we will, whether we say it or not, we'll sacrifice Jesus and our relationship with Him, whether it be reading, praying, being around other believers, we'll sacrifice that thing that means most to us to be able to to accomplish what we consider what we think is a greater good and we'll justify that in our minds. I say we, liberally, I do the same thing. We all carry the ability, the means, the excuse to be betrayed. Judas would directly betray Jesus, but the rest of the 12 aren't better. We'll find out if you read get to it all today or the next week. None of them sharing a meal with him that down. they stick with him for the end. I don't want. Even Peter. He was the scholar. He was the bold He would step out and walk on the water with Jesus. would say, No, Jesus. I would never deny it. i will go to my death with you. Jews betrayed Jesus, but they all obeyed it. They all have that evidence, As we all open-ended statements to their question should have pushed them, it should push us, not by self-doubt, but to a realization. To realize that we're in constant need of His grace and His mercy and His love. And if those things are the only things, they can begin to reshape our brokenness. Great. Christian writer, Augustine West wrote, Lord, deliver me from the wickedness man myself. This is exactly what Jesus out to do. As he Mark 14, verses 22 through 26. It says, that as they were eating, He took breath, and after blessing it, broke it, and He gave it to them. And said, take And he took a cup. And when he gave him thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out to me. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the body until that day when I drink of you in the kingdom of God. 26 of him and so says, When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the mountain. I am cussed. Amazed by this The whole section. But what Jesus does here, put yourselves in the moment. He said, prepare a Passover meal. He knew this was going to be the last one. He had to sneak in. He had all these things that had to be implemented so that it wouldn't come to just a sudden stop. He knew really he had one more important thing to do. And he knew as he was sitting there doing that one key thing that was going to really solidify a new people for God. It was going to be done in the presence of the traitors. And he did it anyway. Constantly amazed. Here Jesus were clients at the table sharing a meal that celebrated the faithfulness of God while surrounded by faithless people. Knowing that in just a few hours he's going to be in chains and they would just gather. He'd be crucified while they watched from a distance. He'd be buried while they ran and hid. And yet, he's not bitter. He's not angry. He's not vengeful. He's saddened. They didn't realize that at the beginning of the meal, but with each glass of wine, poured, he was pouring out them. Not only for them. Began to celebrate with the message of God delivered to Israel from the destroyer of death. Saved by the blood of the Lamb, and here Jesus is becoming a man. Flames deliver all sin. He takes the bread and a cup which has been filled with the meaning of an older memory and brings it to the present, filling each element with a new memory and new meaning which had represented the urgency of God rescuing them from Egypt, now represents Jesus' whole self right? The entirety of His being, given over for others, broken for others, to take it, yet to join in with Him, with His mission, with His faith, in the closest of possible way. Even, now as it comes in, to consume it, to steal it, to take part in all that He represents cup, one of the four that were going to be used during the meal is now representing the violent death that he is going to die on behalf of others. And to share in that cup is to share in the death of the enemy in which he He's part of that mini. He says that this is a new covenant. This is a faithful, unbreakable commitment between God and man to rescue humanity from their slavery to sin and death, to make a new people that are wholeheartedly for God and for others. He had tried that. God had tried that with the covenant on Mount Sinai, with the original Israelites. He rescued them from Egypt. He gathered them to a mountain. He came down himself in fire and flame, and he gave them the law, and he told them, just live up to this standard, to do this, and I will do this for you. They could not keep it. So he says, I'm going to make a new promise. One that's not going to be broken by you. One that could be healed by you. See, in order to have a new promise, a new covenant, a new unbreakable commitment between God and man, you have to have a sacrifice. In the beginning with an animal, a life for a life. Not a human life. The grace of God but a life. Not like the land of Passover, the year. God doesn't ask someone to go find an animal. God takes on the community. To get it, truly, really peace for you, right? I can imagine the roller coaster of emotions they're all that night, Right? They come into the city celebrating, joyous. Right? They get in the room. They're sitting around the table. They're reclining. They're drinking. It's great. They're all remembering all the things that they've been going through these past three years. They remember their history and their heritage. They remember all these things, and then all of a sudden they're struck by the sorrow, by the traitor that could be among them. Maybe it's them. They don't know. They're gripped by this sadness as they hear Jesus speak of His violent, soon-coming death, but then they start to the grasp from the very end, the very end, they hear something. Is in the new kingdom of God when it comes in full. He was telling them, He it was promising for all who drink Him in that that night might have been called the Last Supper, but it was the beginning that pointed to a new supper that would be coming. Right? He'll drink wine next when according to Isaiah 25.6, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a banquet of fine food Maybe a shrimp and chicken cake would be a and cheese, with fried cheesecake. I don't know what it would be. Maybe it will be your prime rib or your uh, California rolls or whatever it is that's going on in your life. Whatever is spread out before you, but it would be the finest, quite better than all that, finest. going to it and be no. the what Jesus said, was there is that team coming. Yes, the separate now is so." filled with fabulous gifts, it's filled with intending death, but it means, to means eternal life better than you could imagine. A new table to a new meal, a new sharing of a seat, a climbing with others around this new table. It's a feast to look forward to, filled with the best food and drink in a matter of lives with friends and family, some we haven't even met
1: everyone reclining in the freedom given by the one who is at
0: the It's that hope. It's that promise sealed by His sacrifice that allowed them all, even Him who was about to be betrayed and cruelly killed in just a few short hours, gave them all the ability be able to sing the traditional halal, the, the song that tapped off every pass of the Now, if you were to worship night, we took communion and then we sang a song. It was not the halal. That was a totally new song, right? So they sang out of uh, what it would have been a Jewish hymn that so to speak. You know, Jews are Psalms 115, maybe 113 depending on the uh, ability. All the way to went 18. But it ended with this. So they walked out of the room. They walked down the street. It was midnight. You look from 10 to 12 as when this could occur. So they're walking out at midnight out across the valley up to the Mount of Olives singing Psalm 118, 28, 29 that says, You are my God. And I don't know what tune I not so You are my God. And I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. I will give thanks to the Lord for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. Even me a moment, His love so, yes. and resurrection. it leads to resurrection. Resurrection future excited. leads to a new table. It leads to a new meal. It leads to a new hope. The only hope that we have, the only hope that we need is rested and grounded in his sacrifice So yes, we who are faithless can be faithful only by his faithfulness.
1: So if you're here this
0: morning and you're a speaker and you're a man, I don't quite know all about what you've just talking about. I don't know this whole story. I'm trying to jump jumping in. And,
1: and maybe uh, maybe I'm not ready to
0: quite sit around a table with a bunch of people I'm not sure I know. I'm not ready up right now. And that's okay. I want to first confirm that in you, all right? So if you're sitting here this morning online or in person with us and you're like, oh, I've heard about Jesus and maybe I've kind of lived a little bit like it, but I don't quite know if I'm ready to go all in. As a disciple. Well, I don't know if I drink that cup quite yet. And all of that means, me taking in all of Jesus' life is death. I'm not sure if I want to go through that yet. What I want you to do is I want you to continue to stay in with us because life and faith, most importantly, is filled with questions. And I want you to ask them. I want you to find answers that at least help you go on the path of discovery to those answers together. And the best place to do that isn't by going out and trying to figure out on your own. Come and ask God. Be a part of the people who are at least trying to live it out. Now, I'm not saying we're going to do it perfectly. We're going to screw it up. But, we're at least trying to do it. And so, if you're here and you're thinking, I don't know if I want to be all in on Jesus yet, but I have some questions. I'm wangering. I'm sitting on the edge. I need to know more information. Come be with us these Be with us uh, uh, in the cafe. Come and do these things together with us and, and ask us all questions. I'll right? promise. I'll give you an honest answer. And we'll just find out together what that means to you. But if you are ready, and you're sitting here saying I am the I am faithless. Maybe faith. you come to kind of the point of recognition saying I, I realize that I have lived my life in a faithless way that I want to think I'm a good person and I really try to be, but ultimately I can't own up to it. Ultimately I've fallen short. As it led to broken relationships, it's led to broken families, it's led to things that I, I have to own up to and say, How ah, I've screwed some things up in my life. But the way forward isn't me trying to fix them because that's impossible. I'm the one who broke them in the first place. Just to realize that what I need is a faith God or the cracks of faith that's just in my life to be able to make you new and what I can't even imagine yet is want to begin to understand. And so if that's you, you're going to get an opportunity to respond to Jesus who died and really begin just to do that. So you, to make you whole in me in Him again. And so we're going to give you a chance to do that before we get out of here today. for so believers, then, I oh, want to challenge you. All right? Sometimes I want to reflect, and you should reflect. on our food know if betrayer, but I want us to uh, be challenged this morning to do something between now and Easter Sunday. All right? right? got a couple of weeks. Not plenty of time to be able to do this. I want you to share a meal this Sunday. That's not your family. All right? So if you're around the table with your family all the time, great. Love it. Appreciate it. If not, take time to sit around your family. However, I want you to take time to share a meal with someone you don't normally share a meal with. Think about that person that you may have wanted to for a while. Or maybe you've never thought about, but here's your opportunity. I want to encourage you. Maybe it's inviting them over to your house. Maybe maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe your house is like mine. And it's like, I've got seven kids, and I can barely walk around the house without tripping over myself. So maybe you need to invite them out of your house. And that's okay, too, right? All right, so go. Go out. All right, take part in the the restaurants that are available to us around here. Don't sit together there. Or, say, I, mean, I can't afford to go You know how much it costs to eat these days? I totally get it. You can totally bring food here, right? If you need a space, the cafe is open, right? Or if you the space is available, they're so thinking, I don't really want to go out, and I can't really afford I don't want to bring them in either. Come here. Invite them in. Sit them on a table together. Fear me. Find a person. Yeah, I know you will if you really start to engage with this process, you're gonna find Jesus sitting at that table I'm with you. So share a meal between now and Easter the Plenty of time to do it. Don't procrastinate. All right, don't wait until Saturday before Easter and say, Oh shoot, I forgot to share a meal with somebody. Do it today, this week. I just say sit down and sit around a table and share the meal together. Don't go out and get buried things, right? Sit around a meal, sit around a table and do this. Well Brainberger came out and put a little toothpick on it. I don't know, but just do it in a round table where you can actually enjoy it together, all right? Don't make it fast for you, make it slow, really with food so you can enjoy it again. Let's pray. is done for a faith. How faithful He is. Uh, can you transform by that gospel? One person. Just one. You may be that one Maybe You may be that one person. Maybe that one thing. Maybe that one, may that one individual where God is from and work in your life and you hear the story of Jesus and you're laying in and you're with me and you say, man, I know I'm like faithful person. I've been a Jew more often than I want to admit I am but I feel that Jesus still even has to recognize Him as a traitor and His next foot break the head of Him gives Himself freely up, not angling eventually, but saying, I'm going to kill, I'm going to die. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to sacrifice myself so that you can have life. That's all I'm to say. Because not only is it someone taking my place, it's someone who in Christ has given you life, a life that doesn't have to be with you, that you can begin to be with faith for all And so if that's you, you want to respond to that. I want to a chance to do it and it happens through faith. If And she's calling out it's not even special words, it's not a madness, it's not any of those things, it's just a heart cry out, whether it be a louder in your mind, words like these. Dear Jesus, please forgive me for you. In my heart of hearts, I know that I have nothing you but that I have betrayed you, that I have taken time for others above you, that I have myself. Amen. God, we you are faithful <laughs> we are only made faithful in you. God, we thank you that you do not turn away at the table. Do not say, oh, no, this is all over. Someone's going to give me up, and this is not worth it. You guys are never going to follow me into to the very end. But you gave of yourself away ways so you we can't even comprehend. Well, the you have stepped out of heaven to come into the mess of our lives. God, to save us from, from ourselves? What kind of God does that? live a life, our lives, a reflection that you are the only one worth following, that you're the only one worth breaking bread over, that you are the only one worth sharing a table with, that you are the thing in our lives, God. And yes, we may fall short, yes, we may continue to put things ahead of you, but right now, I pray that we all recommit to that and say, Lord, whatever I've been picking up this week, God, I'm going to lay it down, I'm going to pick up that bread, I'm going to pick up that cup, We're going to pick up your life over mine. And then I'm going to invite someone up in here So help us to sit around a table with somebody who's next to us. Help us to share a meal and share our lives with each other in you. Living in your grace, your mercy, and your love, and giving it away as we share with you share it through the house Jesus' your Thank you, Church, for being with us today. For it so much for you spending your time with us. If you made it all the way to the end of this, congratulations. If, you had, if I had a cookie, I'd give it to you. So thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to see you guys next time, whether it be Thursday, 30, or Sunday at 10 a.m. for next week, because we get one week closer to Resurrection Sunday. So thank you for being with us. you. And-